0: This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum.
1: A UTV Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion
0: beyond the expanded universe. I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now it's time to collect those credits. As you will Bounty hunting is a complicated profession.
2: Hello everyone! Welcome to Bounty Hunt on a Sunday! It happens sometimes. I'm one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me to talk all things Andor on this show is the full cast of characters, the guys I just can't get enough of, and the guys I would happily be trapped on the prison mood of Narkeena 5 with, starting off with uh, the Kino Lloyd of my Cassian Andor. It's Dr. Corey Helton. What's up, Hello. buddy?
1: Hello. Good, man. Good. Uh, happy to be here on this Sunday to uh, talk about this very dark episode of Andor. <laughs>
2: for real, I'm I'm drinking an iced coffee, which I'm realizing isn't great because it's going to get my heart going, and I'm already tense just thinking about what happened this week. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, very excited
2: sure. to dive in it with you as always. Um, but of course, we could not dive in properly. Actually, we could. We've done it many times before, but we don't have to this week. Doctor Charles Hankel returns to bounty hunt. Hey, Hey. buddy.
3: Hey, guys. I'm back. I've I've had some busy weekends, and uh, and then I got COVID, and so that's why I'm here today. I literally can't be around anyone else (laughs) except for you guys. So, right.
2: Oh, you're so nice. I I appreciate that. uh, That when you when you're when you're at your lowest, when you're at your most (laughs) ill, you think of us. Um. If you only had a good doctor like Dr. Gorst, who we'll talk about <laughs> during this episode. But I will say the man who is sacrificing the most to be here, who has put his body on the line after a night of historic revelry, is the World Series champion himself, Wes Jenkins.
0: Welcome everybody to the to the world champion Houston Astros. Long live the Astros for the next year. I'm going to be talking about it for another 364 days until we win it again in 2023. So if you are a fan, I know none of you are. There's probably a fraction of you that are cheering along with me. But I am super excited, and my voice hurts, and I have a massive headache today. But I did Sound watch like the episode. COVID. <laughs> yeah, I know, right?
3: That sounds familiar to me, Wes. Well, I know. Uh, uh, Wes.
2: Wes, you are literally like, there are dozens of us. Dozens yes. of us. <laughs>
3: are you, are you, of you, you the MLB equivalent of the Empire? Is that what just happened? Did the Empire win the World Series?
2: Oh yeah. No, Wes, you literally have a poster that says Astros Empire, don't you? He's going
1: to get it, isn't he? Yes, yeah. it is. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. Look at that. Astros <laughs> Empire. That is so funny. Oh,
3: oh man. If the moment. Astros ran a prison, <laughs> no one would get out either.
2: Absolutely not. Well, congrats, Wes. And to all the Astros fans out there, as a Cowboys fan, I'm glad you beat Philadelphia in the sporting event. So I appreciate that. Um, Accept it. And you know what? Here's the thing. Win or lose, they still had to grease their light poles so no one would burn the city down. So, well done, <laughs> Astros and West. Thanks for being here, buddy. To everyone else, whether you watch the World Series or not, we are glad you're here to watch Bounty Hunt. If this is your first episode. This is where we recap the latest episode of Star Wars Television. We talk about things we loved about it and really just how uncomfortable we were the whole time. That's kind of what it's been with the Andor episodes. So, <laughs> without further ado, we are going to do a full spoiler-filled recap on episode nine nobody's listening i think that's how you gotta say it uh, that's for the full effect uh, but here we go here's what happened in this week's episode of andor we begin with the torture of bix by dr gorst the man relishes in the use of a sonic torture device created by the dying children of dyson Frey, disney channel um it is disturbing beyond measure and Dedra eventually gets all the information that she needs from bix Back on Arkina 5, we discover that Cassian has, in fact, been planning an escape. He notices that the lift is not energized, and he's trying to cut through a pipe like Shawshank Redemption, and he keeps asking how many guards <laughs> are on each floor. However, Umlof, the older gentleman, seems to be going in and out of lucidity as the shifts go on, and everyone finds out something is wrong on level 2. Meanwhile, Mon Mothma finishes another passionate speech in the Senate before being informed that her cousin has arrived at her home, her cousin Vell. Vel. The two check in on the progress of the rebellion as Lita tries on a gift from her aunt, completely unaware, because she doesn't care about anyone but herself. That's your father and you, Lita. We're disappointed. Under Arkita 5, the problem in the prison (laughs) is revealed. An entire level was fried. Over 100 people are dead, but they don't know why. Umlov continues to falter. and Cassian continues to talk of escape, and when he's warned by Kino to shut his mouth, he continues to repeat over and over, nobody is listening. The Empire does not care about them. Cyril has another irksome conversation with his mother, but then he goes to corner Dedra outside the ISB to proclaim his dedication to the cause. And maybe her? It's a love thing? I don't know. She rebuffs his advance in every way, but the tension is unmistakable. Meanwhile, Tay and Mon discuss a new problem involving Mon Mothma's funds, and the only solution is a Chandrillan banker or thug named Davo Skulden. Great Star Wars name. Mon Mothma is furious, but understands the necessity for his help. Back in the prison, Umlaf takes a turn for the worse and collapses. Kino and Cassian call for a medic, but the medic can't do anything. Umloff has had a massive stroke, and they make his passing as painless as possible. The medic also reveals the reason for the deaths on two. A man was released on four and turned up on level two the next day. And when they, all the prisoners found out about it, they killed everyone. Kino and Cassian realize this means that no one is actually ever getting out of the prison, and Kino's face fills with rage. Cassian asks one more time how many guards are on each level?
1: Never more than twelve.
2: All right, fellas. Okay, so um, <laughs> horrible. No one's getting out alive. Let's talk a bit about this. Um yeah, this episode. Let's just go very general to start off. Um, Charles, you have COVID, but you're back. We haven't heard about you in a while. I'm gonna start with you, man. Uh what, what did this episode do for you?
3: Oh, I like this episode. I mean, I've liked all the episodes just briefly uh, The for the ones that I've missed or the bounty hunt episodes that I've missed. But I'm digging the whole prison thing. And I'm super excited for a prison break now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've loved Andy Circus's performance. Mm-hmm. That was a big surprise. And real. I really love just this little weird, like, Prison culture that they've created with like the hand yeah. signs between mm-hmm, the tubes mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. on program and yeah. how you're literally they they keep you basically from teaming up against them because they pit you against each other inherently every single day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's really well thought out, really well done. And uh I'm I'm excited to see them break out.
2: Yeah. If they do. No. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's harrowing. Uh, Corey, what about you, dude? How's this one?
1: Yeah. Uh, this was like like the most tense episode of Star Wars television that we've ever gotten, I think. Like, I was very, very sweaty by the end of it. Yeah. I, that's that's my metric, apparently. Is, uh, this is a sweaty show, show for you, yeah. The show makes me really sweaty, man, for some reason. <laughs> it's yeah. disgusting. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, like, uh, I don't know, man. The tension was just, it's building and building and building and... Like it just feels like it's just getting hotter and hotter. the The moment where the two prisoner groups were side by side, and uh, Andy Circus's character was like like slowly losing it. it was just, was like trying yeah. to keep everybody in order and also trying to keep himself together at the same time was just really tense and scary. And um, I'm digging it. There's just a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to love about this. And Charles is right. This prison culture that they've created just in a matter of a couple episodes is really impressive. Like it mm-hmm. feels very immersive. It feels like the the stakes are very very high um there's lots of small character stories that get like built up to that i feel like has has been done a lot better in this show than it has been in other star wars live action shows like uh like the old man like kind of slowly succumbing to you know the torture of being in this system and having a massive stroke and uh, also that's like maybe some of the first like real medicine that's been actually named yeah. in star Wars yeah. was pretty Did that cool. track medically um, for
2: you guys like watch like someone that yeah. had a stroke as uh-huh. he kind of lost lucidity and kind of kind of declined did that is that kind of what it would look like yeah yeah it looks uh,
1: yeah maybe so um like maybe if he had like a, a bit of a blocked artery that was slowly getting worse and worse and worse until he finally did have just like the final event or whatever the stress kind of made that kind of push him over the edge then sure mm. yeah that kind of tracks to some degree um
2: that's my favorite and no, name for droid. Actually, is R2 re? Um, that's R2 re. R2 Oh, uh, R2 I
1: see. I see what you did there. how they would spell it. how they would spell it in in a book. That's a weird, weird pet peeve of mine, dude. I really hate when they spell out droid names in books. That's like the that's like the thing now. They didn't used to always do it in Legends. It was like sometimes they would, sometimes they didn't. No, it's
3: always spelled out. Yeah, three
0: Yes. Yeah, T H R E E. If he's in a book, yeah. Yeah. But now,
3: but now all of the P-E-O-H? names. O H. Yeah. No, but now they try to make them all human names, like sound like human names. You I know what know. I mean? Like, yeah, like Lola for instance. Mm, uh-huh.
2: Lola. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah. Anyway, but yeah.
2: Hella tense, hella sweaty, <laughs> medical accuracy. Uh, world champion Wes. How would you feel about this one, man?
0: I love this episode, just because I love the anticipation. I don't love the payoff. So, like, the, we we had a little bit of that last episode, but this one, like, at the very end, I would, like, my last note on here, I was just like, who's pumped? Who's pumped more than I am from yesterday? But, <laughs> holy <laughs> God, He just goes, never more than 12. And d- just looks straight as he asked him that question. And I was like, man, Andy Circus is going to give it to him next episode. I can't wait to see it. So, I don't know that, um, that we're going to, it's going to be a payoff like we want, but... It's there now. And this episode did a great job of showing it. And it also showed a little bit behind the scenes of uh of, of the Senate again with Mon Mothma and yeah. her like F-ma. almost questioning her motives about what she's even
3: doing. And
0: I was yeah. like, Whoa,
2: am I working so, with gangsters, whatever it is? Yeah. You know?
3: Speaking of the end of the episode, I was not really <clears throat> keeping track. It felt like a fast episode. I didn't realize how far along I was. And I've been isolating in the guest bedroom and I was watching this episode and i was on that scene on the very last scene but i didn't know it was the last one and i heard nicole get home and so i he said never more than 12 and i paused it and i was like so excited i was like what what are they about to do and then i call, i was talking to call on the phone and then i got back and i hit play and it cut to black like immediately and i was like
2: what <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah, I think, like, let's, uh... I'll, I'll just go, let's just talk right about Kino Loy. He was my second point, but let's just jump into him because I think last episode we talked a lot about, like, who is this guy? Is he just like a lapdog of the Empire? Oh, it sucks like seeing how, you know, they use rebels against each other. That's how fascism rises. This episode, it's like, he kept asking, like, you know, how many shifts you got left? And Umlaf he's like, he's only got 40 shifts left. He's so close. He still, I think, I realize now, believed everyone was gonna get out, but then it's, when he the second he realizes that once your sentence is over they're just throwing you somewhere else so that someone else can start over and it made me realize oh my god the signing they've been figuring this out for months maybe years and then kino loy realizes he has now been been turned into a lapdog and then like you said west that final moment he's like (sighs) how one how many guards is he gonna murder and two like is this one of like the I, I guess I'm just blown away by this show having some of the best background character performances. Like, Stone Skarsgård yeah. is Luthan. Andy Serkis is Kino Loy. Like, these guys have so much going on. But what did you guys think specifically about Kino this episode versus last episode where we met him? How is his well, evolution here?
0: He's been counting down the days. And from the beginning, since we saw him, he's like, I only have... And it was like 360 days or something left. Mm-hmm. I forgot what it was. Yeah. But he's counting down the days. And he... That's like, in the back of his mind... Always I'm getting out of here in 359 days. I'm getting out of here in 358 days. He just keeps cutting it down. And Mel, like,
2: don't count. And he's like, shut up. No, you're wrong.
0: So once he figures out, hold on a second. Once I get clocked down to zero, I go to a different floor and like completely like reset my schedule. I would lose my freaking mind. And I hope that's what he does in episode 10. Like, that's all anybody's doing right in the prison is counting down their days yeah and then they're the only ones that know except you know the information gets out but essentially they're the only ones that know that they get put back into the system Mm
3: -hmm. yeah it seems like a new development too i yeah yeah. it's not my understanding that that's been happening like the whole time yeah Um, it seems like like a not anymore kind of situation
2: After yeah, the, the like act was, was passed, word. whatever the, the yeah, uh, it, was, it said it a bunch of times, but I don't remember what it's called. The one that like
3: doubled everyone's sentence yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I thought it was really interesting, um, uh, 'cause because there were a lot of very specific moments with Kino, right? He's always been like kind of uh, a hard guy, like always you know, mm-hmm. pushing all his all of the guys in his workroom and stuff and in his unit, um. And I I really liked when he got real pissed off about the signing and he was like, you don't, you don't even know what they're saying. Like how long does it take for word to even get up here? Like that was such an emotionally charged scene. And then like to, to counteract that, like the tube filled with guys, everyone's chatting, freaking out, like losing their mind. And then to jump forward to that quiet moment. And it's just him, Cassian, and Olof. And Mm -hmm the change in his mindset and like the juxtaposition of those two scenes, I thought was really, really beautiful.
2: Yeah. And also when he says no more than 12, like the the line of the episode, that means he is, he at one point was counting.
1: Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. he at one point was planning
2: a prison break potentially. And then he has remembered that this whole time and never used it.
1: Yeah yeah i was i'm a really big fan of that that stuff and like all the details that have slowly been coming together also my theory was confirmed this episode too about the the elevator not being electrified yes uh, great great pick Andor, up on that last week Andor yeah. pointed, he pointed that out um yeah, and stuff true. and uh yep. I, the only the only dialogue that confused me a little bit was when when cassian said like we attack now like, i thought i thought me i thought too. they were like oh shit <laughs> or is this about to happen like right now yeah. like um, but no, it seems like um like it seems this like this window uh,
2: in the future, yeah. but this is the also that one we
1: would that dude that he was talking to straight up looks like he could be related to John Boyega. They look very similar. Yeah, he did, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. The yeah they have very similar facial features and haircut and mm-hmm. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they did they just do some stuff off screen or did I miss something? Cause I was I was um, kind of surprised when he went to the bathroom and like knocked out the plate and was like filing it, whatever, in the wall, and then started uh. talking to that guy. Like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't remember them really establishing nope. any kind of connection, or I didn't know what he no. was doing in the bathroom. Didn't. Maybe yeah. we're not supposed to know.
2: I think that's been yeah. like during the thirty shifts last episode. I, I think we're now meant to assume that's that's what he's been doing. Yeah. Over also, the month.
1: apparently, Cassian is willing to loudly discuss like. Uh, breaking out openly. Absolutely. Like in their, yeah. in their oh, yeah. private. Cause he's like, they don't give a, they don't give a shit about us. Nobody's like, not listening. listening to us. We can and talk all
0: we want to because they don't Sit. care. They just replace us. Yeah. yeah he that. said the labor was cheaper than droids i was yeah, like uh-huh. whoa man that's such God. a that's such a like definition of slavery for like the yeah. empire like that mm-hmm. puts yeah. them in that position that's incredible
2: well, and it, and it's also like that's industrial revolution right mm-hmm. when like especially like you you see all those things when they were using like children and everybody to like do this factory work because when the machines yeah. were just started being made it was so expensive yeah to buy these machines so they would just use people and it's like Again, all, the, all this show is the most realistic space show, you know,
0: yeah, that yeah. we've
2: ever seen. And and, and I guess I want to ask you guys, as far as the the idea of the prison goes, the double sentencing, the, the dehumanization of them, and, like, of Bix, like, whenever we're talking about Dr. Gorst here in a, in a little bit, wanting, wanting to hang people just as a statement, like, is this the most evil we have ever seen in yeah. the Empire?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, um, and I think it's the most visceral evil that we've ever seen. Vis- like, Thank
2: you. I love that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's different. It's one thing just to talk about the atrocities of the Empire, but it sort of takes away the weight. Like, the yeah. fact that, you know, uh, we saw the first – I've got a kind of analogy about this. Is like, think about, like, the First Order um, and even mm-hmm. the Empire, the way they destroyed entire planets, right? Like, yeah. we saw a number of planets destroyed in the sequel trilogy, but they didn't feel, like, particularly – I don't know, huge or scary or
2: as an idea of uh,
1: uh, genocide. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. it's a it's it's you can see genocide taking place, but you don't actually see what it's like on the human level. And we're we we're getting that in the show because it's you know, and that is the that is the beauty of television. This is why we are in the golden age of Star Wars storytelling right now, I think, is because we have this long form ability to. Um, you know, talk about in experience, like the evil, like oh, uh, uh, Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. this excellent quote right yeah. here that he is coming. He said, torturing someone with the cries of dying children is one of the, if not the most creepy things I've ever seen them do. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, we're getting that. We're getting to see what kind of like the psycho doctor, right? That, you know, almost take pleasure in the way he's Gleeful. explaining it. as yeah. very scientific. It's not like, it's mm-hmm. not like the evil, it's not like the evil, you know, the alien guy that, that created the blue shadow virus from Clone Wars, who's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, He's not, <laughs> it's not like that. He's just like no. very scientific of like, just it's just really actually very fascinating. Yeah. How You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, we actually found out that children has the most profound effect. So, you know, you're going to get to experience
0: that. It's just like, what the hell, dude?
1: It's mm-hmm. dark and he's creating yeah. and- it.
0: Yeah, with no remorse and like absolutely no. It sounds like he has like no conscience when he's telling this, it's, it's all right. informative. Like it's going to yeah. be a good experience when you put this headset on your head.
1: Yeah. But that was, yeah. that was terrifying. It
2: it reminded me of like what you, we hear and I know Corey, you would especially know a lot about this is like the, like the Nazi scientists from world war two, as they were coming up with like different gases and different ways to like do mass murder. Like there was so many resources put into the creation of these horrific wartime devices. Mm. And, and yeah. like, they valued science of how can we destroy the body in different ways. And, like, yeah. this gorse guy is clearly reveling in that idea just as much as the guards in the prison are reveling in the amount of ways they can torture people. And, like, you know, they, they don't care about wiping out an entire floor. They don't care about, like, oh, this guy this guy had a stroke. Okay, great. Just kill him. Like, I don't care. Oh, yeah. the bag's take a to get here. It's such I a... Know.
3: Have we ever gotten a good doctor <laughs> in Star Wars? Because we basically have like Evazon, who was
2: hey quad did his awful. best
3: for quad <laughs> yeah. for sure is the reason why that guy died um and was a horrible surgeon. We got this guy who interesting was he was wearing a white coat. I thought that was interesting. He took it off um before he like got to his experiment. But anyway, he's wearing a white coat. It's the first time we've seen that. And then mm-hmm. we got the guy who just, like, more or less euthanized Olaf. you know, whether you yeah. think that was right or not, but, like... There's there's never been a good doctor ever. Where are the pediatricians? Yeah.
1: <laughs> we are losing her. I don't know. Sorry. The, yeah. the, the only good doctor is the argumentative uh, medical droid on Hoth that uh, helped Luke, like in the back to tank. Who's like <laughs> yeah. who obviously weirdly cares more about the rebellion logistics of how they're going to get equipment off the planet than he does being a yep. doctor. That was always super weird to me. He's yeah. like, we don't have enough time to get the heavy equipment off, and Luke's like. Bro, you're a doctor. Stay in your lane. Like it was just, <laughs> that right. was funny. Yeah. You
3: know what I thought the um, you know what I thought the technology was gonna be? I thought it was gonna be related to Borgullet. Like I thought oh, it yeah. was gonna Ooh, be like yeah. they murdered that species mm-hmm. or something, and then Dang. somehow Saw got a hold of one, and I yeah. don't know because it, it one hand's kind a of tendency a to lose
1: thing. one's mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no,
3: but it did <laughs> yeah. a very similar thing. So yeah, yeah. turned your Jordan brain to scrambled.
2: Jordan, makes a, uh, Jordan and Cohen both make great points in the chat about that torture scene. And it's interesting, like, we don't hear the cries. We saw the effect that it has, which I also think is 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 kind of key because if they had played it, then us as audience would have listened to dying children. And I think there is a there is a divide where, like, okay, that's a bit too far. Yeah. But seeing the effect on her is so key. But Jordan makes a great point that we have also seen torture in Star Wars before, like the torture droid from A New Hope um, that becomes a therapy droid now, but Squadron, like, Torture isn't something we necessarily shy away from. We got Han going on the rack in, in, uh, in Jedi. Or no, in Empire. Empire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Empire. Empire. Like, it, it is interesting to see kind of different ways the Empire seems to use this technology. But, but for me, at least, I think, uh, and part of this goes um, to Bix, uh, to uh, Adriana, I believe, the actress. Like, her performance of being tortured, like, the after effects were, were very, like you said, Corey, visceral uh to me at the end yeah. like it really the look at the fear and in terror in her eyes the screams
1: the scrim- yeah uh, <sighs> you could see uh, that how she acted that was terrifying dude it yeah. was terrifying
2: yeah. yeah um
1: for sure no, i also want to uh, yeah. i also want to highlight um dedra for a second because yes. we've gotten to really see her <laughs> really grow into an excellent character she's really quickly becoming maybe my favorite new Star Wars character that we've gotten from this entire show because I feel like she is very complex and like I feel like we still haven't quite figured out her motivations totally Mm -hmm. yet and um, I uh, Denise Go uh, who plays I think it's how you say her last name Denise Go uh, she plays uh, Dedra and she did a couple interviews in the last couple weeks I'm not sure if you guys have seen some of that stuff oh yeah she's been in the circuit yeah yeah she's been in the circuit and StarWars.com published an interview with her uh, I think uh, Luca, Luca, I don't know. Eric, is that something you're familiar with? I don't know. It, I've seen quotes that says she was at this place, Luca or whatever. Oh, what name yeah. Is. Anyway,
2: in Italy or something not, like that.
1: Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I don't really yeah. know what the event was, but I saw this excellent uh, quote. I went and found it a second ago, and uh, she said, "Tony wrote the first scenes for us to cheer for Dedra, but in the end, you don't do it anymore." She's not just a woman in a man in a man's world, but a fascist in a world of fascists. It was important to see that power corrodes women just as much as men. is what she said in an interview. And I'm like, very revealing for the rest of the show. Exactly. (laughs) And thank you for like, like, you know, our early predictions were correct. Like, and our early hopes were, were kind of fulfilled of like, we really want to see a very powerful female character, Mm -hmm. like as a villain especially Mm -hmm. is very fascinating, interesting. It seems like, it seems like women in, in star Wars have often gotten the turncoat treatment in a lot of ways. So like, I just, I just find it very fulfilling in a lot of ways to get a really cool evil character. The books legends books got a lot of these, right. You know, with a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot of the flaws and some of the, you know, low key, and I guess very obvious misogyny that was in mm-hmm. some of the, you know, some of the older Legends content. Like there was a handful of really great evil women characters. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've said this a thousand times already on on our show, but like I'm just so pleased with how well they're developing her character, and I hope her arc continues to be really good, like yeah. through its end. Um, yeah. Because like she's just been very, very evil, and yeah. uh, I've mm-hmm. loved it. It's very believable.
2: And, like, this episode alone, she condones Dr. Gore's torture. Like, repeatedly, she kind of gets a little kick out of it. The guy says, oh, can I just hang this guy? And she's like, whatever you want. I don't care. Like, almost yeah. dismisses the hanging of a human. Um, She basically threatens, but almost makes out with Cyril. It's a whole, We'll hit that. It's a whole thing. But <laughs> she's like, listen, I will knife you. And he's like, I'm kind of into it. But she's like, all about that like that power that power structure she talks about uh, we didn't even hit the the pilot they're gonna kill and frame so the rebellion can find his oh, body yeah, in a yeah like, that was she,
0: yeah she, was she signs off on was.
2: a lot of tortures and deaths in this uh-huh. one episode and she's just like i'm in it now i'm in charge and people are gonna suffer because of me and it's all for order ba 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 thank you mini tarkin my assistant like yeah, yes, yeah. they're very close <laughs> with their mouths i'm just saying <laughs>
1: I would, love to, uh, I would love to talk about this a little bit, too, Let's because uh, <laughs> I, feel
3: I, you know,
1: I know, dude, <laughs> we are nine episodes in and Cyril's arc is just really turning out to be insane. And I think that is yeah. I th- honestly think that's the point, I guess, a little yes! bit of like, yes! like like he is really coming apart at the seams. It seems like. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he's just it's. He's getting more and more obsessed with like the situation, and now he's Mm -hmm. obsessed with Dedra. He's been waiting for her outside of work, and she was like really unnerved by this too, which is very interesting. We've not really seen her show
3: weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grabbed her arm. Do we expect anything less from a guy who eats Captain Crunch for every single meal? (laughs) Every single (laughs) meal.
2: Also, the guy clearly. It's like, "Oh, you're you're a strong woman in power. You think he's got some mommy issues,
1: guys? So Look at no, Cyril. Man. You know, he like oh, okay. Okay. Oh, uh, go nopey's comment here. I can't wait till Cyril brings home Dedra to meet his mom. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm still not. I'm still not convinced that. Uh, I'm still not convinced that." that there's not going to be a scene that his mom gets carted away because they are really starting to show a lot of yeah. conflict between them, which is very weird. And uh, she's also a little crazy. I think we're supposed to understand that. Oh, like, she's yeah. definitely crazy,
3: but oh, yeah. he's that, getting like, serial killer vibes now. Is, like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I, when he said like, you've been in my secret box, I have ways of knowing or so, I was getting like chills. I was like, I don't, I don't like, like what what this. animal
2: parts are in that box? Yeah,
3: oh, I forgot about that dialogue? hamster, dude.
0: Private box or secret box or whatever he called it. But yes, yeah. I wrote down that ways he's... ways of it, knowing. It yeah. seems like he's flirting with like the far spectrum of whatever the empire is, yeah. whether it be extremism yes. or something. Yes. but he, yes. it's like he is is slowly like if the empire is going to push people to do like into slavery and make these things, he wants to. Kill everybody as they're done making the things, right? So he's trying to be over the top of what the empire is. Like, just from what I'm seeing, who waits outside? But he's probably been out there for weeks. Just like, uh, not today, I guess. I'll go, s- yep. You know, yeah. n- he's sleep.
3: probably trying different entrances until he figured out which one she uses. His tie yeah. was super weird, too, by the way. it comes out, out of, out of the shirt. Yeah, I've always,
2: he's like, I've waited for you. You can smack me if you want. Do you want to shoot me, Greatest Dude in the knee, and then I'll limp to you? Like, he's got some really weird yeah, it's, vibes. It's they yeah. do a good job
0: <laughs> to show how out of place he looked when he was like yeah. going back and forth, like waiting for him. Like he uh-huh. looks yeah. out of place. Yeah, he yeah. does look yeah. very out
1: of place. Yeah. I, I still have no idea what is going to happen. I, I like, I mean, I, I guess maybe, maybe Dedra could like sort of sacrifice him in a known suicide mission that she's sort of in on and the viewer's sort of in on. We get to see it. Like maybe she yeah. manipulates his obsession somehow, but yeah. Other than that, I really don't know what the hell is going to happen with Cyril. <laughs> a character who we thought was going to be like one of the main characters. I guess he is in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah, he's, but like, he's still going. It is taking, they are really taking their time developing him. I, which yeah, is I why- feel like
3: he's going to do something like that even Dedra thinks is too far in an effort to like impress her and like try to get in with her. I did this for you. Yeah. And she's (laughs) going to be like, yo, you're insane. (laughs) Yeah. like
1: That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: like, I I put the screams of the dying children on an MP3 and then I leaked (laughs) it into the net. It's like, bro. Yeah,
1: Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Look at him in this scene. This is a, that's a good catch Wes with him, like being kind of out of place. Like he's the only one in dark.
2: Everybody else is very out
0: of place. Like nobody's in the middle there. And he is yeah, in the middle, like just staring.
2: Yeah, I know. And let's, re- let's repeat the incredible design work of the ISB building. I, don't I know you've seen a bunch, yeah, but like this is one of the most immaculately designed locations we've seen in Star Wars. I think for me,
0: sure. I mean, I would I would, I would apply really just for the benefits. They obviously have great benefits. <laughs> oh yeah,
2: like, <laughs> the overtime is a little much, but come on, the dental has, has to be immaculate. Just like a
1: listen, listen, West. The United States Army is constantly recruiting. All right, if you really want those <laughs> benefits, <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. Let's uh, I would. I would i want to go to another uh a uh, great character that we haven't discussed yet that actually i've seen a lot of our notes are about them so let's jump right into this scene uh the vel revelation hell of a time at first i thought it was a lie but then i'm like oh no para knows her later. this is real this is actually a relation and and charles i want you to um to hit on this because because i see you wrote like does this make the galaxy feel too small or do you think it was an yeah. actually like, oh my god, this makes a ton of sense because the rebellion might only be like six people?
3: Yeah, I mean, so story-wise, I don't necessarily have like an issue with it. I mean, it would it we don't really know what the very very beginnings of the rebellion outside of Coruscant, outside of the Senate, really look like. So apparently, Chandrila had a pretty heavy hand in it because um, now yeah. we know it's not mm-hmm. just Von Mothma, right? And it's this surprising is a pretty to me, small honestly. group at this point. Yeah, it is yeah. surprising. But it was one of those moments where I was like, does this... I always ask this question, with Star Wars especially, does this work if they're not related? And I think it still does. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I did have that kind of feeling for the first time, I'll say, watching this show, like, does this make the galaxy feel small? And I don't know that the answer definitively (laughs) is yes, but it was just one of those, anytime I'm like, oh, that's your sister or your cousin or your brother or your father. I'm always like, oh, Star Wars is doing it again. Like, do they need to be related? So... I don't know. I still like their dynamic a whole lot. And there's yeah. a new layer added to it that they are family because they're going about trying to accomplish the same thing with basically mm-hmm. the same background, but in very different ways. So yeah. I'm not hating on the decision, but I always I always ask myself that. Yeah. Were they like at a family
2: barbecue, g- got a little too tipsy on the on, on the tequila worms and were like do you hate the Empire? Oh yeah. my god, yes! <laughs> we Finally, somebody yeah. oh said god. it. Yeah.
1: I I am I'm actually sort of in the camp of like of like I think that it does really work. It doesn't actually do that for me interestingly, Charles. It's kind of the opposite in a lot of ways. Because I think I think this show has done something creative with Mon Mothma that we've never seen in any storytelling before. Because she's always which often happens with with storytelling, I feel like, is like when you have a a leader like in any sort of storytelling dynamic they always that's just their story they were the leader right and mm-hmm. mon mothma mm-hmm. has never really been that like she's always been that character i mean in the original trilogy she's this very solemn minibothins died, died. <laughs> died it's just like it's like and it's kind of like who the hell is it? everybody like this is their leader. Like, it's just kind of yeah. like it's a little weird and and that sort of thing. And we've Can never even get her in... some
2: military fatigues. We're all on, like, and she's like, this
1: exactly. <laughs> and even in even in Rogue One, Mon Mothma is this sort of like everyone's going to listen to her character, mm-hmm. even if she's a little meek and wants mm-hmm. to wants to, you know, understands the dynamic of like the council or whatever. But like right. this show has not done that with Mon Mothma, right? She is not right. in charge uh, so far right? Something else greater is going on and she's almost cracking a little bit, right? Like she's feeling the pressure. She's feeling the pressure of what it means to, uh, what it means to kind of be in this. Right. And it seems like, it seems like they're really building up for there to be a lot of external motivating factors for Mon Mothma. And Mm -hmm. I actually really like that. Vel is her cousin and it maybe looks like they sort of all got into this together. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe something's going to happen to Val and this is going to be the final thing that really pushes her in the direction of I'm going to take this over. Maybe she realizes that, like, this piecemeal rebellion leadership situation that's sort of happening behind the scenes is not going to work. And that's what she puts it together. Right. So, like, yeah, yeah, I'm just very pleased that she's not the not the one in charge yet. And they're sort of using this story to kind of like put her in that position it sort of seems like which yeah I, you, do, I can you do see have that. to
3: ask yourself how does that happen then like how does she become a right. leader does like there's the mm-hmm. real world aspect of okay vel and luthan they weren't characters before that's why they weren't around you know in uh-huh, the original uh-huh. trilogy but they were not around right so yeah in the universe you should still kind of explain that maybe they're still out there but either mon mothma surpasses them or she's like One of the last OGs at that point, and she just kind of inherits that position. Yeah. I
2: offer a theory that has no backing that I just thought of would just be the only
3: theories I accept.
2: Excellent. (laughs) Um, what if Perrin rats out Vel?
3: Oh shit! And he's like, "Mon, your
2: cousin. You didn't know this, but she's I I I don't worry. I I turned her in.
3: Yeah. uh Perrin is such a weasel, dude." Oh I know. Yeah, I you, want to come back
1: you, to. I want to come back yeah. to parent two, and yeah, like somebody. We we had this conversation <laughs> recently that there's a really subtle scene. It's not really hugely talked about in the books or comics or whatever. But there's a scene from a Legends comic. I have no idea what it was, in mm-hmm. which Mon Mothma has a son, and the son is killed in the Battle of Hoth. Right? That's a Legends comic. I have no idea which one it was. Oh, uh, Trevor wow, posted right. in
0: Slack, like a month legends, ago. legends, Legends, Legends.
1: I know, I know. Say it three times and someone will nope. appear. It's uh, Sunday, and, and it's busy. Uh, <laughs> that's true. <actually. laughs> You're right. I know. Um, but like maybe this is gonna be sort of the the throwback a little bit to legends of yeah. like maybe Veil is supposed to be her son killed in the Battle of Hoth, right? That she's yeah. gonna be a martyr mm. in some ways. Like that I think mm. that's excellent storytelling and also excellent way to sort of nod the hat a little bit to the source source material uh in some ways.
2: <clears throat> but let's yeah. talk about Perrin
1: and the daughter yeah. because that that's, story is continually you- being yeah.
2: Well, Wes has plain. a quote that I was take this over. This, this quote just blew me away when he said. says I, <laughs> I was
0: dumbfounded because I've thought about this for myself, to be honest with you. But um, <laughs> they, are at, they are at the kitchen table. And after uh, Vel comes to like greet and she said, hey, I'm here and all that. Heron says, well, you need a widower at this point. Who's left of any value at your age as she's like looking for a husband or something? And I was just like, you bastard. Like, What kind of thing <laughs> is that know. to say to anybody to begin with? And he says I it know, yeah, dude. so nonchalantly like it should have been said. Like, of course, yeah. this is the right
3: thing to say. And everyone accepts that he said, like, no one chokes on their soup. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so that just tells you, like, this guy says this stuff all the time.
2: Well, and, yes. Mod, and Mod also gives the great look. There's been a great meme going around Twitter every once in a while of, like, the, like, you don't know she's gay? I'm, like, looking like, parent <laughs> hey, like, she's like need a husband? Uh-huh. Yup. Sure. And it's, like, you you idiot.
1: Like, yeah, this, that yeah, was, that, that was, that was oh, brutal, man. And they are really making him out to be a scumbag. And I think, sure, was, yeah. I think it's, I think it's a great theory that like we're meant to understand that like Perrin is not a good guy in a lot of ways. That's a great theory that he's going to be the one to turn, maybe turn her in or figure it out or something. And I don't know. I hope they kill his ass. That's, that's all I can say. Like yes. if something bad has to happen, like this guy or sucks, man. Backing
0: <laughs> on your theory. Is it, uh, what's the, what's the daughter's name? Is it the daughter who actually, like, mm. like releases that info? Because she's very much on the side of Perrin. As, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. She's just, like, well, dad lets me wear whatever I want.
3: Yeah. yeah. I or maybe yeah. if it's not Vel, is it Tay? Because they have done a lot of mm.
0: introducing mm. him
3: into the equation and leaders right. talk to him a few yeah. times, and Perrin well, and has he... made comments.
2: Well, it's interesting because Tay does seem to be almost a step ahead. Because we, mm. n- we know, historically, the Rebellion does end up working with, like, thieves and smugglers and gang like they they absolutely bring those people into the fold uh we seem to mention it a lot on the show but the ac crisp and han solo trilogy like we Mm -hmm. learn a lot about how those guys get brought into the fold of rebellion and things and it does seem like tay is starting to go there with this uh with this delvo guy like that i got the vibe that he is like a mob boss like she's like he's a thug it's like yeah but he's got a lot of money you know what (laughs) i mean it's
1: like power you guys yeah
2: yeah what do you guys think about that like is this Han's first step of going going that way
1: i don't i don't i don't really see this as as that necessarily i Mm -hmm. i see this as something that i really had no idea we were going to get in this show which is the other side of politics which is Mm -hmm. heavy in the books and we get to see this there are lots of like kind of big powerful gangster smuggler characters like jabba and like uh uh who's the guy that uh i keep talking about um what am I trying to say? the uh, uh, Horn marries his daughter. What's her name again? What's his uh, name? Again? Uh, anyway, he's oh, like a Booster uh, Tarek. Yeah, Booster-teric. yeah okay. Is. So they're like, but they're like involved in kind of politics in some ways, right? Because it's like the underground yeah. people that are not supposed to have power, but they do. So, like, this political hmm. intrigue show, which is all about empire and the senate and secrets also has the sort of other side that we've really never seen that is actually kind of involved in the politics stuff which is sort of yeah. the CD underworld type of characters
3: and so there like, was a canon mention of booster terry's ship wasn't in like a yeah couple there was of books uh-huh. ago. yeah, so yeah, yeah, be right. on that.
1: yeah. So exactly exactly so to see this sort of come together of bringing in like the the mob boss type of character into the political like scene is actually really awesome to me because like, like we've never seen that before. Uh, Yeah. Like
2: like Kingpin in Marvel as well. Like they, Uh like they've done that for years of like, that's how they get their power and keep it. Like, it's so funny that George Lucas brought in Jabba as this slug monster that eventually died, but actually he ended up being one of the most like brilliant tactical like mobster politicians, like in the galaxy.
1: You don't don't feel that.
2: Exactly. So having that be really, really tangible in this scene, I think was important. And, mm-hmm. and and to go back real quick on, um, on Vel there, I, I think it's interesting <clears> to have all this going on in Mon's life all at once, because we talk so much about her losing her family through all this. Like, Perrin and Leda are, are sacrifices she may have to make, whether it's their deaths or whether it's just they leave her ideologically. So having Vel here, I think, is interesting because it is also giving her a way out to, like, keep some family. She's, like, she's not losing everyone she loves for rebellion. She actually does have a, a confidant. So I wonder if, like, with Tay and with Vel, like, is she going to be able to hold on to these folks or is everyone just going to slip away as yeah. more horrible things start to happen?
0: That's um, a great now,
1: question. That's a great question. Uh, I, I saw an, a, uh, one, one more small thing about the gangster thing yeah, I wanted yeah. to bring in. Um, I saw a, maybe a Reddit thread or something of, like, is this show going to have a cameo? Like, mm-hmm. besides Saw Guerrero which you could maybe consider yeah. a cameo. On, he was on the ways. poster.
2: That's fine. We we, we yeah, knew okay, was Okay, that's fair.
1: If there's an unexpected cameo in this show, who do you who do you think it will be? And uh I think this whole gangster stuff being brought in might be a very interesting way to have a quick cameo to like uh, Black Sun, and uh, who's the villain yeah. from uh Solo again? What was his name? Uh, oh, uh, uh, uh
2: Dryden Voss, uh,
1: uh, yeah, Dryden Voss might be very interesting. He's always he's obviously wise. very luxurious and like yep. he hangs out with the rich. He's killing a planet governor or something, as we're yeah, used to his character in Solo, right? Yeah. So, that like, the sector, what's his, he's, he's the sector. Governor, is that what he was? He's having a meeting yeah, with yeah. the sector governor, governor, whatever the whatever the dialogue okay. was there. So that might be an interesting cameo that
0: I might be okay with. It's a party. Like, huh. yeah, exactly. I love exactly. Titan oh. Boss, um, or even like on those lines, Darth Maul. If he's that in would a stretch, be that would be too much. That'd be a stretch, I think that'd be too much. A stretch, but yeah. there is all this. There is still. To,
1: that's a good point, though. That is kind of a, next to what I'm. I'm kind of thinking Wes is like. Like we have this live action gangster stuff that's really never been touched. There's the comics going yeah. on with uh, Crimson Dawn or whatever, yep. and like huge that in stuff has been right is, is yeah. huge in the comics. But like we've never seen it really heavily in live action or mm-hmm. or even animation, honestly. Um, so we we have lots of adjacent stuff. So bringing it to live action would be a really fun, interesting yeah. thing if they did it mm-hmm. right. If they make them scary yeah, and cruel and huge, and yeah, this is the perfect show to do it with, too, in my opinion. Yeah. So
2: because we've been talking about this don't is know. the most sweaty tension cruel show and like if we're actually uh gonna get guys doing that um i think this. i think you're totally right and and i want to also hit real quick on the the hilariously the title of this episode nobody's listening exclamation point like it's very key and we talked earlier it's very clear that that's happening and i and someone on twitter pointed this out i don't remember who it was A, a lot of people have seen it by now the dichotomy between Cassian yelling nobody's listening and the end of Rogue One where Jin asks him do you think anyone's listening and he's like absolutely yes and okay. yeah and I'm like oh my god it's so beautiful to see you know this whole show is the evolution of Rebellion and Cassian as a character and what do you guys think I, I obviously it's is the Rebellion listening versus the Empire like that's such a huge thing did did that kind of hit you guys as a surprise of how little the Empire is caring and listening versus how intently mm. the Rebellion is listening? I mean, we have the 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 Bix's you know communication devices all about listening and monitoring. The ISB is now starting to monitor. Like listening is is actually a weirdly continuous yeah. metaphor in this whole show, isn't it? It is.
1: Mm-hmm. Even in this shot right here that Wes has uh, picked mm, yeah. up, because. Uh, um, What's his name's not listening? What's his name? Uh, uh Kino. Kino. No, not, Kino. Yeah. Kino's yep. not listening, but Mel she is listening to Mel the conversation. She is. Right. So like I love the there's so much layering in this show. I'm telling you, it's just it's, it's there's more it's filmography, so I feel like, in this than in storytelling yep. than since the original trilogy when Lucas's you know genius was all in the yep. forefront. But like yeah, I mean I think uh I think I I buy that a lot actually. And it does it does fit the tone of the show a little bit of the the dialogue from the trailer of of you know, they're so fat and satisfied, you can walk right into their house. Yes, like, yeah, I think it that is ultimately the the undermining of the empire, right? Is yep. they built this crazy super weapon and it was it was defeated with a exhaust port, right? Because some yep. scientists that they tried to force into their system and then they forgot about because that's how arrogant they are, he built a flaw yep. into the Death Star, right? So like I I, I love that. I think it fits perfectly. I think it fits perfectly. And I I love that you can kind of see everybody coming to that realization like throughout the show, especially with this prison dynamic that does create a very fascinating way for everyone to kind of come to the realization that the empire doesn't give a shit like about anybody or anything. And
2: And let's use that now. Like they, Mm -hmm. you know, they assume that there's no way for these prisoners to communicate so they so they turn to sign language. They assume there's no way for these people to do things. So like the rebellion keeps adapting and, and the people keep adapting. And I think that is how fascist regime fascist regimes, wow, are brought down. Is that whatever the people in power try to do, then the people being oppressed adapt. And the people being oppressed adapt. And you adapt and adapt and adapt until eventually you adapt to something that can then overpower your oppressors. Whereas the oppressors are so cocky and so confident that they, that they have beaten you down that they never have to change and they never have to adapt their, te- their tendencies and like uh, if you look I mean, back wins in the end but it's real hard until then
0: <laughs> if you remember like I think it was last last episode of uh, they did like an overhead shot of all the empire uh, or the um, the workers that are in their cubicles whatever they yeah, are yeah, there's yeah. like hundreds of them and hundreds in like a bunch of levels you would think that somebody would be listening or monitoring this stuff, but they're not. So that yeah. it kind of that's kind of yeah. dichotomy they played there. Like, of course yeah. they're listening, mm-hmm. right? They have all these desks here. What are they? What are they all doing? Like, they're not all yeah. just no. like monitoring no. traffic from planet to planet, yeah. right? They gotta be doing something else. But yeah, but they hey, are. They're but not. they're
1: also they also are listening when they like. When they're not ultra powerful and in control, right? Because they are right. listening to the outpost on Ferex, and that's how they caught yep. Bix and yeah. uh, that mechanic they have the guy. They had the ability
0: right? to, and yeah. so yeah,
1: right. But they're it's so arrogant; they're always form. looking. Yeah. They're always looking outside. They're never looking mm-hmm. internally, right, into yep. their own systems or to their own people. They're just so convinced that everybody is so afraid that you know fear will keep the systems in check, right? Yeah. like and
3: it does a but, lot. Uh, but like each each planet is almost like. A little microcosm itself of the empire, yep. like even this prison is because, yeah, you know, we talked earlier about how, um, how even evil like the people in this prison are, and how we're we're kind of seeing that firsthand. The like small, uh, heinous crimes, I guess, as opposed to you know planet killing, but like, yeah, that's real. I mean, it makes me feel less bad about the Death Star thing because like it's making me realize the people that were part of this were we're all pretty twisted in their little ways. Like I'm sure there's still some innocent people out there, but the thing about the prison that interests me too is, is, you know, they've done experiments, right. Where they even, this was like some psych experiment. Corey, you probably had to learn about this in med school or something where they, they put like a bunch of students, yeah. and there were people who were prisoners, and people who oh, were yeah. guards, Shh, and they had to sh- and end that prison early. experiment. Yeah, thank, thank you, Corey. Yes, they had to like end it early because the people that were the guards were like getting really sadistic. Even though so uh-huh. like these it, yep. everything they're doing is like so I don't know <clears throat> just based in the human psyche and how it can get twisted when you introduce yep. things like this empire and this regime. And God, it's good.
2: Absolute power corrupts absolutely that Mm -hmm, that is a universal truth.
3: Yeah, I and I still don't think it can be it can
1: be overstated that, like Charles, we were alluding to earlier about a prison culture, like being the the storytelling lens by which we explain the evil of the empire is is maybe one of the most genius things I've seen, like in Star Wars. Like it was just like because that is what the empire is, it's a prison, right? Like Yep. and and we I get so to see- carry
3: yours wherever you go <laughs>
1: exactly <laughs> <Yes>! exactly right <laughs> so it's just like like us us being able to see cassian's realization of how evil the empire is and how you can't escape it yeah. by through the prison system the way that this is being told is just utterly yeah. genius man and like i also don't know how this is going to conclude either we have three episodes left right uh yeah. and I mean, are is it going to be? Are we going to get a breakout and then two episode? Is the breakout yeah. going to be the we're, we're the final?
2: Win. The next episode is the end of this arc, they have said, and then it's a two part finale. Okay. So this the next episode will be the end of this. Well, also like the specifics, like you're absolutely right because we know that with a touch of a button they can. <laughs> ch- are they going to charge every floor on the prison at once? Like, then how do you, you know, if you have a lift, what do you do? Like,
3: they're going to need, need no that guy money. from Oceans. Like, oh didn't my God, ever touch the floor trying to get yeah, to the yeah. wall. Like
1: <laughs> the little, the small Asian man that fit yeah. in the box that's oh, the and like, acrobats. He's well, I mean, like a circus guy or something, I right? That yeah, now.
3: he was. But the only people that we know get out, right, are Cassian and Melshi. So, do okay. you guys think Keno gets out? No. Uh, I don't either. I don't think sacrifices so. Sacrifices himself. Well, though no, yeah, he he does. Yeah. And then he goes to
2: Exegol and becomes Snoke, right? That's how That works. <laughs> yeah. um, he gets
3: fried did, by did the force. Did of Snoke. Did
2: y'all see? Someone actually asked Andy Serkis if they, if he's related to if Kino and Snoke are related, like in an actual interview. And Andy Serkis was like, "No."
1: <laughs> like, no. Are like, you guys, stupid? We, that's funny. We have be better
2: uh, than that interviewers. Come on. Um, that's funny. But I do want to ask. So yeah, we got this next one. It'll be the break. I think it's going to be terrible. But now I assume. The last two episodes gotta come back to Ferex, just narratively. Like Cassian's coming back home, he he left, he went to prison, he's probably now gonna realize Marvo was right. He's gotta be part of this die. rebellion. I, I think you're right. And also Bix now is fried and yeah. gave up everything. Like I mean, what yeah, what does Cassian have back home right now? Brazos? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, yeah i think and then he's going to sacrifice himself and you know his adopted mother is going to sacrifice herself and that's going to be finally what
0: pushes him over the edge like I yeah think they that's brought the, that up about yeah oh, no. we don't need a, we don't need her yet but we'll use her later oh yeah yeah
1: she's date. yeah yeah he mm-hmm. that was i forgot about that good 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 throwback god last. yeah that's seriously, gonna break that was, me. Uh, man yeah i know
2: it is kind of what crazy. a great character
3: it is kind of crazy how uh how zeroed in they are on Cassian. Like, of course that's going to happen because yeah. this is a show called Andor, but mm-hmm. like he, they're really pinning a lot on him. Like he's the linchpin that's connecting all these different yep. things. So really like, it's kind of Luthen's fault and like the rebellion's fault yep. in a way for putting so much attention on Cassian. Like, yes, he joined them, but yep. Luthen really pursued him <clears throat> and mm-hmm. pulled uh-huh. him into this world. And so I have to imagine if like Ampetunia, I'm going to keep calling her out. If Ampetunia dies, yeah. if Fix dies, if Browser dies, Like Cassian's gonna have to harbor some, you know, pretty awful feelings towards Luthen. I would think he will punch that man in the face. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: Yeah, although that's actually really good. That's a really good point, actually, because like, because Cassian is like, he's not really involved and he probably doesn't feel like he's involved at all. I mean, I'm not even totally convinced that he's just a tourist, exactly. I'm not, I don't think that Cassian is even, he's even, you know, convinced yet. I don't think this is like this prison situation is not enough to convince him to join a rebellion. Even it's going to have to take the personal tragedy, I think, of losing yeah. his friends to to finally stand up yeah. for you know what's right and stuff, right? And I think yeah. that is what's so fascinating yeah. is like like so interesting dynamic that Luthen's Luthen's involvement of Cassian like sort of forces his hand in a lot of ways. And and that's, yeah. that, that's what highlights the true evil of the empire is like, if you're in any way involved, they will kill everybody, you know, yep. and not even shrug about it. Right.
2: And, 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 and the dark truth is that if they just did a little less, like if they just let people out when their sentences were done, they would not have a prison revolt. If they didn't uh-huh. kill all these people, Cassian would have just gone on his way and not been part uh-huh. of the death star plans. Like, But that's the thing like that's about about the power about the Stanford prison experiment is that you can't not push farther. Like that is the point is that they can't go as far, Um, which again, I don't know. I don't know if you guys saw this this week. Uh, Tony Gilroy did an interview with Collider, I believe, and uh, did mention next season. I think we assumed this, but we did confirm that we're going to Yavin like they're bringing it up. So Cassie is going to be. Yeah. I mean, again, it's also that's going to be seasons or, or four years, three years, two years before rogue like we're, we're taking larger gaps but we're gonna see him go from this tourist this guy doesn't want to do anything all the way in and i'm just like oh it's gonna be great it's gonna be freaking yeah. great man yeah the show rocks and i'm terrified for I'm it. Loving this
1: i mean uh it seems like the fan community is sort of coming around to this being oh yeah oh yeah arguably the best thing that's ever been done i finally saw that that comments on uh uh like i think it was on the star wars subreddit this yesterday mm-hmm. or today or something Of like mm-hmm. "Andor is the best star wars storytelling we've gotten since the original trilogy and it had like five thousand upvotes or something like that and oh, like wow. here we go I, th- I think that that's true i i mean mm-hmm. i think it's pretty hard to hard to argue with it like at this point being nine episodes in with a virtually flawless story like I mean, I don't see how they can screw up with the conclusion at this point. You yep. know, it's just, I, and I don't know what they got right. I don't know. I don't know who's, who's doing this is. So this is Tony Gilroy's doing, if this is the writing team's doing, but like, it's just a level <laughs> yes. of complexity and story arcs that we've just never seen. It just seems so utterly well thought out and so utterly planned. And if this is the, uh, we have a new formula for how Star Wars storytelling can be done now. And like, I just I just can't believe it. I mean, every single yeah. every single new we've gotten has just been the next best thing. And Andor is really just in a class of its own. I mean, it is standalone an unbelievable good TV show. Forget Star yeah. Wars. Take that out of it. And like, yep. it's still just a really, really good show that I assume is going to win a shit ton of awards for. I hope of so. Of, uh, Me too. Give it just it some makes credibility. Just, it's nuts, man. I just I, I'm blown away with how good this show is yeah. like. I mean, it, like i loved kenobi like it was a, yes, it was a 10 out of 10 experience for me this show has been so good it has really highlighted all the flaws of kenobi for me now which is mm-hmm. pretty insane to be honest yeah so yeah i'm just i'm just here for it i don't have to pretend at all like as a nope. star wars fan that this is so unbelievably good i'm just, just awestruck every episode
2: i just love it uh before we get out of here, I want to highlight one question that uh, Cohen put in the chat here. First of all, you talked about if Marva gets hanged, with the town fight back? Yes, I don't want to think about that because it makes me sad. But, two, um, this is a thing that actually got popped up this week. So, uh, Alex Damon and Star Wars Explained did a little video on it. Um, there are rumors which again, your mileage may vary of a Bix Colleen spinoff show. Um, uh, and Alex had an idea about it being set after Rogue One with Bix kind of living in the world that Cassian creates within Rogue One in his memory. Again, I think we all agree if a product is good, great. We'll watch it. Who cares? But do you think this is a good idea? Or do you think that Andor should just kind of be its own two-season
1: thing? What the hell? I don't think I understand the rumor. What do you mean, Bix living in the world that Cassian is created? What does that mean?
2: A Bix show, but it's set after Rogue One. So she knows now that, like, that happened. She's in the Rebellion afterwards.
1: I, that's very interesting. So maybe, it's not really a, it's not Biggs. It's it's a, it's a, which is ironically very close to Biggs, which is another unnamed character. That's why Alex a, liked it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no,
1: that's that's pretty funny, actually. Of yeah. like, of like, this is kind of like, it's kind of like the Andor show. It's the boots on the ground show, but like
0: yeah.
1: kind of peak rebellion. Like they have this major victory and yeah, like, leading up to the Battle of Hoth kind of timeline. That could be fun,
3: actually, yeah, to see yeah. what, you know, and if Gilroy does fun, it, man. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. that's the I mean- <laughs> thing is like, I think they really, for the most part, have learned from oh, every okay. show that they've done. And mm-hmm. so I don't I'm not really going to turn my nose up at any of the right. rumors that this like if they want to pursue something. <laughs> I mean, I think they're they're doing better and better with it. So, like, yeah, I'm I'm down to at least give it a try. <laughs> like, show me what you, what you can do. West world champion West is turning his nose up at the rest of the world today. Thanks to the the Astros. The
0: rest of those 31 losing teams. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: regardless of which show comes in, we're going to be watching it. Um, Three episodes left of Andor cannot wait. Uh, Fellas, any final thoughts on nobody's listening before we uh, stop listening to each other and continue with our Sundays.
1: Uh, the last thing last thing I will say about the show in general is that I'm very pleased that it's gonna be two seasons and that's cut and dry. Um yes. if there is some other yes. kind of spinoff of the show, fine. But like I really like that we have a timeline we know we're dealing with it makes it I don't know, weirdly easier to enjoy, I guess. I don't know why that is. Like we just know they have a
0: a starting and end. So I'm yeah, pleased. You don't have you're not questioning this whole like the whole story of like, oh, they're going to have a new season or is the season going to be cut? If they don't have enough viewers or you're just going to cut it off, then we're going to have like this question at the end of the season, like what could have been kind of stuff. We already know what's going to be popular.
3: We can't end it. You know, we want to be trying to milk it for all it's worth. I know.
0: Which is weirdly how, weirdly how the
1: Mandalorian universe is starting to feel for me. So like that
2: could be its own thing. You know, it's like a sitcom versus a Like shirt, but own that, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I hope they just own mm-hmm.
2: that.
3: I agree. Mm-hmm. For my it. my last thought that I just want to throw out there uh, is for our audio listeners who can't see the screen. The leader of the ISB, that guy who's super mean, he sleeps in jeans. Convince <laughs> me otherwise.
1: <laughs> like 70s. Like high rider, like <laughs> oh bell-bottom bleach, bell bleach jeans, yeah. Wait, yeah.
3: That Bar- are how like,
2: about or you Lauren? Part
3: of Part of Gaz. Gaz. No, Part it's partigas, And they're like scratchy jeans, too. Like, they're not broken in. They're not comfortable. God, they're like a fresh pair out of the drawer every <sighs> night.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. And he doesn't sleep with a water glass next to his bed because he doesn't think he'll get <laughs> thirsty. Like a psycho. <laughs> 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 no. <it's, you> don't. <laughs> But hey, it's, it's, it's all written there. On that note, everyone, uh my gosh. the show continues to be amazing and you all continue to be amazing. And thank you all, there is a the man himself, for listening, for watching, for enjoying this week's episode of Bounty Hunt. Keep your eyes peeled for our next hunt. We'll be diving into episode nine. No, ten. Dang it. Oh my gosh, of Andor. A special thank you to Brian Julie, Patrick Ortiz, Earl Q, Robert Thomas, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, and Elizabeth Lutier, Ashley Ingalls, and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command. Go ahead and tell us all your thoughts about Andor in our Discord and the Andor channel. Use those spoiler tags and follow us on Twitter at Living Force Pod, and all of us individually at Eric Eilerson, at Corey M. Helton, at C. Hankel, and at Boss West. Until next time, never more than 12, and I'm going to go watch Red Zone.
0: You've
1: been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast.
0: Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.